I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm joined by Gareth Barker, as always. I have Simon Patterson in the studio as well. We have Martin Lindsay on the phone. It's Derby weekend, people. I've been told I don't introduce myself sufficiently. So, hello, I'm Stephen Goldsmith. Hope that pleases people. Apparently, I always introduce my guests and don't introduce <laughs> myself. That's something that other people have observed, not myself. The only thing I have observed myself is the amount, the excessive amount of, um, I suppose, that I managed to put into this, but we'll get over that, I think. So, we're going to... I'm joined by Gareth Barker, as always, and Simon Patterson is also here in the studio. Now... We have an actual person from the dark side. His name is Martin Lindsay, and I'm assured he will be able to communicate with us sufficiently, despite his physiological deficiency <laughs> in being a mug. But um, all joking aside, he's a good lad, Martin. I see him a lot of the presses. He knows his football, despite the, you know he's a Newcastle fan. We've all got our faults, I suppose, but we, we'll, we'll talk to him anyway. We'll get him on. I'll be mainly asking the lads about Derby Day euphoria and whether it's been amplified or de-amplified with the overall situation we find ourselves in at the moment. We'll talk loosely about the Chelsea game, but as always, we don't want to dissect too much into that as our minds are now firmly focused on the weekend's game. It is relevant, though, as it's a new manager and it's new systems, new things to talk about, and I want to get people's views. So we will start with the Newcastle game, however. Derby games are normally nervous times, the week leading up to its hell, and as I said, has this been amplified or de-amplified, Gareth? Is this, is this one... Does it feel differently because of the bigger picture? I mean... Were we to get beat? I don't think I'll be wallowing in the the you know wallowing in self pity. Um, I think because you know we, we, it's it's overall situation. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just concerned where we're going to get points for, and I think this time more than any other time, this just feels like another game to me now. I think the the implications of uh, winning the game are greater than than losing it in the sense that if we can if we can win, I really think we'll stay up um, just because. I can't see Stoke getting anything in Man United. That'll drag them straight back into it. If we got three points on the board, we're going to look at it. Yeah, they've got two games in hand, but one of them's against Man City. And then they're thinking, well, we need four points just to get above Sunderland from the two games in hand. So I just think if we beat Newcastle, we might only even just have to beat Stoke um, to stay up. But if if we lose a game, obviously we'd be devastated because it's the derby um, and it's a f- all too familiar feeling when we lose that game. Um, and <laughs> You know, they'll be loving it, won't they? You think uh, you'll get used to it as well, wouldn't you? But you, you don't. never do, do no, you? No, you never do. It gets worse, if anything. No. You can try as much as you like there to, to pass it off. I see you're having a good attempt at trying to pass it off as just another game, well, but on Sunday, <laughs> no, I don't well, think that'll be Of happening. course, of course. What, yeah. what, what are you thinking about it, Simon? It is just another game. That's one way of looking at it. Um, we all know that local bragging rights come in, uh, you know, 
it's a huge thing to have the local bragging rights. It'd be lovely to beat Newcastle. Will it define our season? Um, the three points, I think, if we can pick up a win at Newcastle, could completely reignite our season. Yeah. I'd, I'd look back to, you know, Peter Reid days. We're talking nearly 15 years ago, but those two-one wins suddenly we propelled ourselves up the table, gave the whole team some belief. Yeah. Um, you look at the rest of our fixtures and you say, well, we just need to pick seven points up. You know, the Stoke game's potentially winnable. The Southampton game, we need to look to pick points up there. The Aston Villa game, but you know, what if we don't pick points up in those games? Mm. So we've got to just look at Newcastle and say, right, we've got to go there and try and get the three points. I think what, I think what, what would this do, Gareth, to to the squad in general as a whole regarding like De Canio's coming and all the players are coming out and speaking positively etc like you would probably expect with any new manager but to go and win at St James's Park would, would be a bit it could define his his, his yeah. management, managerial career certainly at Sunderland I'd give him plenty of time I think people would get off his back for a long while if we beat mm-hmm. Newcastle um, even if results don't go out even if we got relegated I think people would still, well, still beat Newcastle we went down I think that's the way some people think about it. Um, I just think it's so important. I mean, people are saying about we've got Villa, we've got Southampton, we've got um, Stoke, but how often do we win two Premier League games in a row? How often do we win three Premier League games in a row? And putting all the eggs in one basket thinking when we've got the Villa, Southampton, Stoke game, that'd be three games in a bounce that we've got to win. Now, we, I, I don't know if we've ever won three games on the bounce in the Premier League, maybe once, maybe twice. <laughs> Um, so you know, not to put a too negative spin on, but you got to be realistic. And I think De Canio doesn't seem the kind of character who's going to be going into games thinking, "Oh well, we might get a point here. That's going to be a tough game." I think he'll be going in every game thinking we're going to give give themselves a good opportunity to win the game. And I think he'll be thinking he probably thought that at Chelsea. And I think the first half of Chelsea, he set up to do that. And um, you know, the, the first ten minutes was a bit of a body blow. The second half, but. You could see in the first half, he did set, set up to win the game. He didn't set up to just nick one and defend. To, to be fair, just to put in, I think it could be possibly the best chance, to play, best time to play Newcastle. Mm. What was uh, tonight's game? Where Thursday's game? Yeah. They, they've got their eyes on a European quarter-final, and good luck to them. Uh, let's uh, hope it goes to extra time and, <laughs> and drags penalties and have a very late finish. And every player works as hard as they can possibly work to try and grind out some sort of result. Exactly. They've got they have very little time to prepare for the derby, and frankly, we've had all week, and mm. we should have our sole focus is the derby. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to get Martin Lindsay on the phone. Hello, Martin. Are you there? Uh, hello. How's it going? Um, not too bad. Not too bad. Um we would toy with the idea of getting a Newcastle fan on, but uh, you know I can vouch for you and tell people that you know you're right for Newcastle fan. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> right, I, I will vouch for you. But um, are you looking forward to meeting Decanio? By the way, have you met him yet? I haven't met him actually. No, um, I was it was my day off on his uh, first presser, and um, I've been on early. So um, today I was away at one. I think the presser was at three, so I missed that one as well. So right. But uh, by all accounts, he's uh, an absolute character. Like he sounded, uh, he sounded class for the people who met him. Yeah. Um, he sounded really genuine and really nice, and mm-hmm. um, and also in in terms of the football inside, yeah. if I were you, I'd be a lot more confident going into Sunday with him, his enthusiasm than what mm. um, you would have been. Yeah, well, kind of the, the the overused phrase what Gareth used a couple of weeks ago, and I think every journalist in the northeast now written it down with the sleepwalking away at a relegation thing. But it's yeah, it I suppose it's true, isn't it? And it's not not just because um, I'm a Newcastle fan. I was kind of of the, of the opinion that. Um, 
there all seems to be one team that gradually slips down. It was us a few years ago. Like yeah. you know what I mean? We only went into the relegation zone when it was too late and we couldn't react. Yeah. And um, like we obviously Shira took over with eight games and we just slowly kept on going and going. And by the time we got in there, we beat Borough, but then lost to Fulham and then lost to Villa and went. And I, I actually thought you were looking like you were going to do the same thing, just slowly picking up an odd point here, but still slowly getting further and further down and. I think it was like inevitable, actually, that like something yeah. was to be well, done. Well, I, I was going to bring I that. that I was going to bring that team up because I, I was going to. I was thinking about this earlier on today. Actually, I was going to say, did you see the resemblance in the Martin O'Neill side to the one that the Chiwa took over? Because the, there was a lot of similarities there, wasn't it? But uh, with the new manager now, that said, is this is this the most confident you've been in the derby game? Because on paper, this should be a home banger. Uh, I. You say that, um, it would suggest so. Um, home form, uh, we've, like, we've won our last four home league games, you know what I mean? We're unbeaten in six at home, yeah. uh, if you include the two Europa nights as well. Um, so on that front, yes, you would say that. And obviously, Sunderland going into the game without a win in nine league games, you would also suggest, well, yeah, you look at Newcastle, they're at home, they're going to have the fans going absolutely crackers mm-hmm. uh, once again, as they always do in the derbies mm-hmm. so you would suggest that but I mean from our point of view the way I look at it is basically what I just said there that you were you were you were offering basically nothing under O'Neill in the last few games mm-hmm. and the derby for us would have been a perfect opportunity to, to do what you said there like it was a hope banker but now I'm not so sure because yeah. if the players even give half of the Canio's enthusiasm for the game it's going to be a harder match for us than what it would have been you were hoping for another you were hoping for another you were hoping for another 5-1 Halloween um, yeah. you were trying to replicate that weren't you the Halloween yeah, horror I mean, show uh, I mean I'll have to admit uh, I'd love it to happen again with that <laughs> one-off that can't happen again that. I think so, uh, uh, that, it, 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 I'll be honest that, that was a one-off and I'm happy with it being that way to be honest it was brilliant but, I think, um, uh, but, in, uh, but in terms of Sunday I, I, like I said there I mean you were, you were, we were looking forward to it. Every, every single fan I spoke to was dreading it. Yeah. And now, even though he's only had one game, I don't think that really matters. Now I think the players are going to want to do for him his enthusiasm, and then mm-hmm. that's when you guys have to step up. If you know what I mean, because yeah. they are the home team, they have to put it on. If you know what I mean, Gareth. I think, uh, like you were saying about that improved sort of motivation they might have under De Canio now. Um, I think that's going to be really important. I think the, the the game's going to be one loss for me in the first the first twenty minutes and the last twenty minutes, um, just because the fact you're playing tonight um, and our fitness, obviously, he's made a big thing about the fitness, and we did tire at the weekend. And I think you know it's fair to say that in the yes, as beside that catamol title in the last army, um, we didn't really start. We didn't <laughs> I really don't start. Want to see that again. That yeah. was, uh... <laughs> We didn't really start start any derby. We have we never start well at, at St James's. It seems um, even in the games where one two one, we went behind early on in both on both yeah, occasions. And true. I think starting the game well, you know, if we can if we can get on top early doors and and, and get a goal on the first twenty minutes, I think that's going to be really interesting because I think Newcastle coming out um, after that, um, you know, it's, it's going to create gaps for us. And I think that's where we can exploit things. But my problem is that. How many of your last games, Martin, have you scored a last-minute winner? Because Sunderland are at the moment notoriously finishing games poorly, and you know, and that that was something that Decanio was putting down to fitness. But he hasn't had a lot of time to get us fit. And the last is it the last two or three games you've scored last-minute winners? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, on the Decanio fitness thing, I mean, I think what he said about fitness, I don't really agree with that. I don't see how at this stage of the season you can get any fitter in in, in, a, in, a, in a, week, a week of training in between the Chelsea game and the Newcastle game. I don't understand that. But mm. in terms of our last-minute race, yes, he's getting a bit ridiculous at that. Um, because obviously we had, he, there was the Stoke last-minute winner, he had the Angie one in the week, and then, of course, he had Fulham on, um, yeah. on Sunday, uh, Sunday as well. I mean, it's... They are picking up massive, like obviously the Andy game put us through to where we are tonight, and the the Fulham, uh, the Fulham and the Stoke winners. That's four extra points which we wouldn't add. So yeah. uh, I, I, don't, I don't quite know what it is because CC seems to uh, do nothing for eighty odd minutes and then can just pop up with a finish and win you the game. Well, we had Stephen Fletcher doing that early on the season for us, but of course he's out. Is is this a bit of a step into the unknown for you, Martin? Because I mean, you've been, you've obviously already touched on it. You're saying, you know, it's going to be a different ball game under De Canio. But the one thing, you know, what worries you about Sunderland? Is it the fact that it's a bit of a step into the unknown and that, you know, the, De Canio seems to have been preparing for Newcastle specifically, but it's not quite as easy for Pardew to do that, is it? Because we don't, you don't know, we don't even know yet how De Canio really lines his teams up yet. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean... Uh, you you don't know, and your players um, before obviously uh, the Chelsea game probably wouldn't have known what he has plans for them. He still he still might not be putting forward what his plans are for the future now. So yeah. for us to try and second guess it, I, I think we'll just I think the safest option is just to probably go along with it. It'll be the very same personnel that what O'Neill used because there's not there's nobody else. Yeah. Uh, maybe Wickham might might start, um, but other than that, I think the, mainly the personnel will be the same. Obviously, Gardner's suspended. But in terms of like the main men that you would expect to be the danger men, i.e. like Sessignon or Adam Johnson on the day, yeah, um, I'd expect those to be the danger men and you play through them as much as possible. Are you, worried, are you worried about... On, on their day, uh, they can torture you. Are you worried about Danny Graham coming back and scoring? He hasn't scored uh, for us yet. He hasn't scored yet, yes, so, exactly. Yeah, I don't. Uh, he might do a chopper and bullet though, you never know. <laughs> oh, we're, we're not going to go down that route yeah. at all. Where is the, specifically, bearing in mind, you, you know, it's, we're saying it's a bit ambiguous how Sun and are going to line up, but is there, is there a, you mentioned Sessignon there and a couple of individual players, but is there a part of Newcastle's game you think that Sunderland can exploit, bearing in mind that Canio seems to say, you know, he, he, he has all... Every team apparently he he knows how they play, saying, and he knows their weaknesses. Right. So, what would that be in Newcastle's case? I hadn't heard him say that. But that's that's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, to be honest, if the players out that are, are out for tonight stay that way for Sunday, I know Pardew said yesterday the majority of his first teamers will be back for Sunday, but he wouldn't actually specify which ones. Um, if it's the fullbacks as it stands at the minute, then I'd say that's the weakness because Sandon's not going to be playing. Well, he he's definitely out. Yeah. Uh, Debussy's currently out. Um, so whether he's one of the ones who's coming back or not, I don't know. So that's two of your full-backs. Colaccini's not back, so that's three of your defenders. And Stephen Taylor's missing tonight as well, so that's four defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether he's keeping Taylor out tonight, especially for the derby... Do you think he's doing that? Do you think he would do that? Um, I don't know. Uh, he, Pardew said yesterday he got a knock in training, um, and he won't make it tonight, so I'll... I think if Stephen Taylor had a choice, he'd, he'd well Stephen Taylor he would play every game he could. But it, I think for where we are, I think I'd, as a fan, I think I prefer Stephen Taylor playing the derby than playing tonight. Right. I think MB was the last couple of weeks looked a bit shaky. He looked a bit shaky against Fulham, and obviously, if, if like I said there, Debussy's out, you'd expect Simpson to play, who's been a regular starter for a couple of seasons. But 
he splits the fans. He does. He is, some fans think he's great. You can rely on him. He's, he'll never do anything too special, but you can rely on him. Others uh, don't rate him at all. Um, is this Debussy? You said this is Simpson, Simpson who. Oh, uh, if, if, if Debussy's out, oh, I was going to say, I thought everybody was loving him now. I must no, have no, Debussy's been great. That's why I'm emerging. Yeah. He'll be back. Um, so you've got Simpson on that side. Um, mm-hmm. Left back could be. I don't know because Jonas went there against Fulham when Santon went off. Yeah. So uh, that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, like I said, there, Colacini or Taylor don't make it, you're going to have Younger and Biwa and um, either Perch or Williamson, I would. Yes, you know what I mean? And Williamson yeah. hasn't kicked the ball since the French Put guy Williamson came in. in. So. <laughs> <laughs> Put on the Orbe's full-back. But there you go. I mean, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, that's the state of it in terms of our weaknesses, I would suggest. It's just simple uh, injuries. I mean, no one wants to be going into the derby with three of the, three of the four defenders missing. If you, if, given that you've got a, a European quarter-final this week and then the derby with Sunderland, if you could only win one of them, what would you pick? Oh, you can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, we can. Uh, we just have. That's a good question. <laughs> um, oh, Come on, you win the derbies all the time. You can afford to let us win one. I know, but I'll uh, get hung on a court if I say. Well, I've got to be careful. <laughs> um, no, to be fair, I mean, if you said at the start of the season would be in a European, uh, you say at the end of the season you you're unbeaten against Sunderland. You should have beat them away. You draw at home and you get in Euro- European semi-final. You'd be chuffed. Right. So there you, you've heard it here, everybody. Martin doesn't care about the Sullen game. He doesn't. <laughs> he's not bothered about Newcastle oh, being Sullen. But uh, the, the transfer window, Martin was was um, was key in the different directions Sullen and Newcastle have both sort of you know moved away from each other. Um, O'Neill signed uh, and Die, who you know it looks okay, but it's very much a potential signing. You would have thought. You obviously then signed signed Sissoko. You had Kapai return from injury. Is is that been the main part in your upturns in fortune? Uh, yeah, definitely. I would say. I mean, you only have to look at the first uh, game the Kufran Sogo played away at Villa. Um, that was actually our only away win of the season. Uh, Sogo settled in straight away, and he's been fine since. I mean, like I said before, about the home form, we haven't actually lost the home game with those playing. I mean, we were struggling before. Uh, and it's, that's what's lifted us where we are now in fairness our away form still being shoddy it's the mm-hmm. home form that's lifted us to 13th and that is the difference I think I mean going out and signing players like that uh, not only the ones like Gufran and Sasogo who are like affecting games but also the people like maybe Hadara who aren't playing as often but that those players coming in means you're not relying on kids like Shane Ferguson would have probably been starting left back and stuff and he's now get, doing what he should be and getting experience in the championships, so yeah. that benefited us as well. Mm-hmm. But before, we had to rely on kids to do half an hour cameos or 20-minute cameos in European games and sometimes Premier League games, and yeah. like they weren't ready for it, they weren't good enough for it. The centre midfield is such a big thing, Gareth, isn't it? We've been seeing it all season, you know, how O'Neill sort of maybe struggled to adapt and play more centre midfielders because we didn't have the presence in there, but is that a worry in Newcastle's two centre midfielders because they're both players, aren't they? Um, I think... Uh... It's always been a difficult area for us, like you say, this season um, to to con- whether to contain or to attack. It's you know we haven't really got the quality in there to, to hurt teams, and then on top of that, we haven't really got the concentration levels that they're, they're going to influence games defensively for for ninety minutes on on regular occasions. You've got someone like Vaughan's a prime example of that. He'll come in one week, he'll look like you know he could be playing for Barcelona, and then 
you know, the next week you just think, it's, I, I can't believe, you know, he's playing the Premier League. He's so. a performance chameleon, Vaughan, yeah. I think. <laughs> he he, just, you, you know, we, we play well and he plays really well. He seems to adapt to the players around mm. him. We we play poorly, and he, he just look, you know, he he he, he passes the buck, doesn't he? he yeah, it's, it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre, David Vaughan. But like on on the subject, of Newcastle centre midfielders, I know that I think Sissoko's sort of been playing like a, a bit of a free role, hasn't he? Uh, he has. He's been yeah. um, he's been playing at number ten, and Pardew said that's not his position, but yeah. he's doing a job. Um, but what's interesting is against Fulham on Sunday, we actually started four four two which was the first time in weeks and weeks and weeks we'd done that. And we had Gufran and Cissé up top as a proper really? two as well. Uh, and Sissoko and Kabai were the centre midfielders. But then Santon went off and Pardew decided to change the whole formation because your left-back went off, which I didn't agree with at all. Uh, so he moved Jonas to left-back and switched it back to the usual 4-3-3 or 4-5-1, uh, however you want to call it. And how do you think he'll go, go against, how, how how do you think he'll go against Sunderland then? Um, well, I don't know because, I mean... The four four two was working, but he only. But then Santon went off, and it was only for twenty minutes, and then it, it looked more promising than what it did. I mean, we didn't play particularly well. I mean, we bombarded them a bit in the second half, but I wouldn't say we were we're at our best by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I think Cissé looks a bit lost when he's up top by himself. I mean, Sogo comes deep and tries to get the ball, and he'll drive at you. And if you let him, then he'll cause you serious problems, whether he's in centre midfield or just off CC. Yeah, Simon, we we would hope they were going to go a four four two rather than flood the midfield, wouldn't we? With the weakness, especially Gardner's not going to be playing now. Is that is that what you'd or would you prefer the other? Um, I think four four two will open up pockets of space for us to hopefully yeah. attack and get into. And mm-hmm. from from initial signs at the Chelsea game last week. We'll look to do that a lot more than we ever did under O'Neill. <laughs> I think and, and Dyke will be a key player in there in the middle there. Just when you talk about picking up pockets of space, you know, sometimes he does some things that you think, oh, I don't know what he quite doing there, Alfred, but at other times he you know, when he will turn a man and then you know what is I think his big strength, he's not ridiculously quick, but he's a, a good ball carrier. We haven't got many players in the middle who carry the ball well. And he does carry it well. And if if we can get those spaces, if we if you do, if Newcastle do set up four four two, if he can carry the ball and be confident in carrying the ball in those areas, and then we can get our our players forward to support him, um, I think that that could be a danger. I think I think Gufran could be a problem if he does. Yeah, he, he plays from the left. Yeah, he, does he play from the left? He, when they do the five, he plays on the left, but he looked yeah. okay. Um, like I said, it was only for twenty minutes, but he looked. He looked all right. That was the first time I'd seen him up top properly. And uh, to be honest, I don't actually know what his best position is. He's come in, he scored one, which was uh, a massive deflection against mm, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. He should have scored a couple, actually, at home. Uh, he should have scored away at Swansea. And then there was a home game as well, which I can't remember who it was, where he missed a great chance. He'll find his shooting books for Sunday, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> <I just laughs> this, thing, this always happens. Uh, I hope it's so. his, I hope got shoulders on from the start. Yeah. <laughs> it's his directness, I think, that, that would worry me. Um, I think he's a very direct player. And I think... At times this season, when you know we, I think we do struggle against those types of players. These sort of direct runners, you know, look to, you know, they look to get at us, and I think that could be a prob, that could be a problem area, especially if he's up against Barsley, because I don't think Barsley's quite quick enough to to mm. deal with him if he gets gets down the side of him, especially if Larson plays from the right, or Johnson plays from the right, where Johnson's not going to give you that. Although he did do a decent job defensively on at the weekend, he, he doesn't really give you that there. Uh, Defensive cover that you'd that you'd want. For for me, it's about stopping the supp- supply line, and that's Kabai. Kabai mm. makes Newcastle yeah, tick. So if you can prevent Kabai from getting on the ball and dictating the play, then then 
they become a very limited side. Um, and I think that's going to be the key challenge. Now, whether we've got the personnel to do that. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, you know, with, without Catamol and even Gardner, who likes to get up people, it's, you, you're looking at and die probably. Um, it's a tricky one, Gareth. Who, who, who's going to play alongside and die, do you think? Um, I'd imagine Vaughan would if he's fit. Yeah, he might be tempted to move Larson back in the middle, but I just get the feeling no, that, he stuck him, so. that he stuck him yeah. wide first game. Like that's where he sees him. Funny that he played him wide left, but he, he did all right Larson against Chelsea. But well, when playing wide left, I th- that's for the Danny Rose getting forward mm. thing, I think, isn't it? If he's going to use yeah. his one fullback, Larson is a logical choice to sort of you know he can do that defensive work, can't he, and cover? I mean, Martin, are you are you worried about like say we're talking about how would he stifle goodbye? Are you thinking I'm not worried about the players that Sunderland have got in those areas that, that they couldn't stop no, us I playing? I wouldn't say that completely. I do. I do agree that Tatkabai's our main man, and he can do as a centre midfielder. He's, he likes to tackle. He's got a great pass. Can score a free kick. Can score a tap in. Uh, uh, he is the complete player. So if you if you mark him out of a game, um, uh, you you're onto something, I guess. But on, on the other hand, if you're paying so much attention to him, I still think we've got other players. Mm. That can hurt you, yeah. like we've got Ben Arthur coming back and stuff like that, and you only have to see what he did to Richardson in the derby last season to show that uh, he enjoys it. So yeah, before um, we'll let you go, Martin. I'm just gonna bring one thing up. Uh, if, if anybody listening wants to, you know, wonder whether they can question your judgment on football or not, I, I'm just gonna bring their attention to something I found the other day, <laughs> um, and that was in the Sun newspaper. Martin <laughs> Lindsay, a picture of Martin Lindsay looking gloomy faced. Yeah, leaving the Arsenal game at four 0 down uh, when you well, came back to win four. It says I left the Arsenal game, but there's no proof that I did. Well, uh, you've, you've got the, it's that's, you've got what, that's, it's amazing what you do for a few hundred pounds. You've got you've got that stereotypical gloomy face on where you're sitting, you know. But uh, uh, it's, it's amazing what a hundred, a few hundred pounds can sweet. All <laughs> right, okay, I'm sure we'll yeah, be. Is, is it in the sun? Is it? I found it in the sun. It's great. Oh, it's well, great when you you're being. Tra- be it's great yeah. when you're being trained to be a journalist. You find all sorts. All sorts <laughs> of jokes. So anybody anybody wants to question Martin's judgment, I would look I would look no further than that. But before you go, Martin, I'm going to let you go and hopefully not enjoy your night. Um, uh, yeah, can we up. have a prediction for you from for Sunday? Um, oh, before the Canyon came in, I was like I would have said a home win, like without being overconfident. Cause I think being overconfident, you're going to come back and bite you in these sort of games. Um, but I do think you guys will win. I do. I think. Uh, I think Sunderland will probably score. Uh, I think it could be very much like maybe last season's at home, where uh, not to the point where we uh, get a point right at the end, but it was just it was a bit unusual for us because you you scored first and were leading for a long time, and obviously the season before that was <laughs> the complete reverse of that. If you know what I mean. The way you started um, that answer, I thought you were going to go for a diplomatic draw there, but, um, but uh, no, <laughs> I think I, I'm going to say a home win. But as, as to a I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Score. It'll be tight, I think. But uh, I, think, I think both sides will score and it'll be tight. But... Okay. On that note, get yourself off, right? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Martin. Mate. Ah, no worries, okay, speak later. Bye. Going to come back to the Newcastle game before we leave predictions and what we'll, what we think the team, the lineup should be, etc. But before that, we'll we'll go back to kind of loosely at the Chelsea game. Just to, I want to know what you guys think, um, more or less. You know about about observations we've all made. It's only one game, obviously, but play. It was more purposeful, I noticed straight away. Players were turning around, looking forward when they had the ball. And more importantly, offensive players appeared to be in space when they received it. We haven't seen this all season, Gareth. No. um, I think the way, obviously, Martin O'Neill played was very different than the way De Canio does things. We've seen that this week. It's come out in the press and various quotes, sort of whether or not the players are just trying to get on side with the the new gaffer or, you know... um, if it, or they're telling the truth, I don't know, but you can see it definitely in the way that they, you know, try to impose themselves on the game. They're far more aggressive, um, both with the ball, without the ball, pushing high up the pitch, you know, pressing the ball. Um, you know, it was, it was good to see. It was, you know, Wickham dropping off and picking the ball up and across the edge of the box, running across the box, having a shot. Yeah, you know, he dragged a few wide, but, you know, it's, you never see, we've, we've not seen this season enough of that. Um, you know the p- strikers shooting on goal early doors in games because yeah. you know it got, it, especially at home that gets the crowd up. I think when you you know play as a shot just wide and you know it's like it's a statement of intent, isn't it? Um, and we just haven't had enough intent. And I think you know we saw times that we did have intent, um, and you know we're going to have to have intent in games if we want to if we want to stay in the Premier League. Any, op- any observations, Sam? I think it's the commitment to make runs. Uh, there's been all this talk about. Players becoming fitter, um, but it goes down to desire and effort. When you know, when a teammate gets the ball, do you stand and watch, or do you make that run to make an angle for him? And and it seems Decanio is a fan of getting this across to his players on the training pitch, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, you know, it was clear in the first half, like the way we were set up. I thought Wickham was a good focal point, but when the ball was played into him, you know, you said the word there, you started off purposeful. Yeah. It was either into feet or it was into his chest, and he did a decent job holding it up. But then he had runners, whether it was Sessignon, whether it was mm-hmm. um, AJ. You know, they were twenty, thirty yards further up the pitch when they were getting the ball. I think it was more. It was epitomised by Sessignon more than anybody mm-hmm. because often he, he he looks like he's you know he's he's got this great solo ball skill, but he's running down a blind alley, not really knowing what he's going to do with it. But mm-hmm. you felt, although he wasn't outstanding. You felt that when he had the ball, you know, he looked as if he had intent. He knew what he was going to do with it. He knew what pass he was going to look for when yeah, he had his, it. His decision, like his decision making, in the final mm. third, so I saw frustrating. Yeah. There was first three minutes. He yeah. he gets mm. in behind Ivanovic, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a it's a tap simple square ball, yeah, and it's it a tap is, in. Yeah. But you know, he went for the shot, and he took yeah. he took some responsibility. <laughs> and you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him square the ball to Wickham for a tap in. That's <laughs> Basically, I think that was the. It was a defender's you know. shot, though, wasn't it? In the end? Yeah, you know. But he's um, but he did, you know, he's all round player though, Gareth. You know, he, he looked. I mean, me and yeah. you watched it together, and we we yeah. said he when he was running across um, 
from you know vertically across a pitch and you knew that he had a pass in mind, mm. which is different. It's not always the case. Yeah, and that you know, comes back to Wigan as, as well, in a way, because Wigan wasn't just like standing looking for the ball as a centre forward. He's going well. He's not. He's not. He's making unself like you were saying about runs off the ball. He's making unselfish runs to get to make. Like if you look at that chance that Johnson had in the first half, Wigan's got no intention of receiving that ball. But he's he's ran straight straight to the, through the D, the penalty area, take the defender to out take the defender out. And we haven't seen enough of that this season. Um, you know, if you when and you can't make those you can't make those runs if you haven't got players in support. And there was players in support there, and uh, you know that that's that it was good to see. Well, um, you know, here we counter-attacked from a Chelsea corner and ended yeah. up with Johnson one on one with the yeah. keeper. If that had gone to a right footer, you would yeah. attack the space. I, mean, I would and expect Johnson to take that with his right anyway. Yeah. I mean, he should have. He should have. He could have just taken it out. He's got quality with his right foot. But you know, that was encouraging that mm. we suddenly yeah. overloaded and we had Chelsea. Backpedaling yeah. towards their goal, which is to we be do. fair, what O'Neill yeah. really his philosophy was at Villa, but mm. it just never seemed to be implemented. Yeah, um, it, what excites me about De Canio is that he says we need to play differently against different teams. O'Neill had a football and philosophy, and you feel he generally stuck with it. Um, he maybe altered, altered it when we played, you know, better teams, but only in the shape of going, you know, only in the mm. fashion of going more defensively, <clears throat> but. I'm encouraged by the fact, you know, he's listening to Aston Villa Newcastle, saying we play differently against those sides than we do against Chelsea. And I really hope he does have this dossier on every Premier League team like he's leading us to believe. I think um, I think in the long term, that's his, that's his goal, isn't it? That's his mm. objective, to be able to adapt like all the top teams do to the opposition and to be able yeah. to change a formation. Of, to be fair, I think he's limited with the personnel he's got no, at the moment. Is, um, yeah. I, I think... He got a lot more out of the players last weekend, mm. and I hope that's going to remain the case. Um, I think if we remember when O'Neill came, you saw the work rate go through the roof, mm. and that seemed to have really fallen off. And I, I think th- I think we're getting back to that again with that's, that uplift. That's a, I think that's a really important thing. I mean, spoke about this before. It's, can you get can you get that extra two or three or four percent out of players, and that might be all you need because we haven't we haven't been. Dismantled in games this season. I, I think you know we lost three one to QBR, which was a diabolical result and performance, and we lost three 0 at Man City, three one at Man U. We haven't been tonked in games. Um, we're in the game, and you know all it needs, all you need is a chance. We were talking about Graham. People have got mixed opinions on Graham for a number of reasons, but and he was he was out for the week not because he wasn't fit, because like not fit, he was unfit because he was injured. Um, but you know, when's he had a chance? Mm-hmm. When's he had a chance in a game? Apart, you know, yeah, he scuffed that Norwich one wide, which was a bad miss. But that w- that was, you know, a chance I felt to him. Um, you know, I'm talking about wh- when's he been slipped in? You know, when's he been given an opportunity? And he hasn't. Um, I, I can't think of a chance he's had created for him in a game. He's playing in a very different team from, yeah. you know, Swansea, where he was. wasn't really, you know. I don't think he's amazing with his back to goal. I don't mm. think he's a fantastic footballer, but I think he's got decent movement yeah. and he's decent in the box. And you know, he probably yeah. takes a decent percentage of chances. chances. And yeah. he's come into a team bereft of confidence, not mm. creating very much, and has been asked to do more of a team role than he was doing yeah. at Swansea. I have a feel the cup of his game. You know, I really do. I just think, I just think that it's you know, he wants to break his duck. Um, 
there was a bit of a debate about whether he scored at St James Park before. I, I was sure he had for Swansea, but Gareth doesn't think he, he, he has. But regardless of that, like you say, he was scoring at Swansea. And I don't know. I just think if it's a game for him to do it, you know, this could be his game. Or am I just wishful thinking here? I think he's got good character, Graham. You know, I think it is that you've got to overlook certain things. And I think he's got a good, if you look at his career, He's, he came through the Borough Youth yeah. ranks with Catamall, with um, Adam Johnson. Yeah. The question is, will he start? That's, mm-hmm. I don't think he will, because Wickham deserves to. I think Wickham, I think that would devastate Wickham if he uh, got dropped, you know, because he'd be thinking, oh, not this again, because it's happened to him before and he's played well in games and then he's just been dropped straight away. Um, I, I think it would be unfair to drop him. But I, th- I think it's a good point what Simon makes about Graham and... The fact that he came in to a side, you know, not much confidence and not much sort of clue or setup or anything, because the Canio's coming in and he's he's making it clear that the players are going out onto the pitch every week and they know what their jobs are, what their roles are. Um, they're structured as a team now, you would hope. And Swansea were like that, weren't they? They every man knew the job and they were like mm. a unit, a cohesive unit. And we haven't been like that for a while, so that could work in his favour if he knows what his role is and exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, but Swansea. Had- Quality that we don't have in certain areas, oh, of course, um, and, and that's the that thing that was the difference. But you got to have intent. You got to have intent in games, and we haven't had intent. We haven't had intent to do anything. It's just been, you know, nothing. Like I can't. That's all you can describe. That was really just a no, nothingness. For that's me, it's happening the, on the pitch. Yeah, it's the commitment to make runs off the ball. Yeah. It's the commitment to work as a team. Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a bit of a sad owner. I still read four four two, and there was a <laughs> there was a Jurgen Klopp uh, interview about how he got Dortmund to sort of commit to this counter pressing. Was it wearing a hoodie and a cap? <laughs> he he basically told them all that he'd give them a week off if they all averaged a hundred miles a game. So they were doing ninety miles a game apparently as a team, and just by giving them that incentive, yeah. Their average, they all ran further for each other, and you, you know that's what we need to get. We just need, we need everybody to run that bit further, mm-hmm. make that extra run, make that lung burst and mm-hmm. run, and 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 it'll turn. Well, yeah. Decanio clearly expected from them because he's using his fitness, um, fitness excuse, or you know he's he's using the rationale that the players aren't fit enough, which we hear all the time with new managers. Some people think it's a bit of a cop out just to sort of get themselves off the leash a little bit, but. The thing is, when the players are coming out and saying that they're all for it, that could all change in the result of a derby game. You know, this is a, this is a really important game, Gareth. Do you think? Because if we win it, then the players are going to all all of a sudden you know buy into the Canio even mm. more than they already are. If we lose it, however, and then the Canio starts attacking them, then they're going to start. You know, that could change, couldn't it? Yeah, I think it's a an ex, a bit of an exceptional situation, like you say. It, it could change, but he hasn't really got enough games to change it long term, and that's the thing. How how much can you improve somebody's fitness? But if you can give them, you know, an extra belief. five minutes in the legs and a bit of belief at the same time, I go a long way. Um, like I was saying, we haven't been, you know, we haven't been out of games this this season. We haven't been, apart from Man U and Man City away, we we've been in games. Um, but like you say that, you know, the the They'll they'll be they'll have to buy into what the Canio's doing because he'll make them. And what you're saying about ex- fitness excuses, um, you know, you could say that. On the other hand, he's come out and said, "I'll keep the club in the Premier League. Yeah, I will keep us up." You know, he's not. It's, it's what you, you, you would rather hear that than sort of you know yeah. go down the Steve Bruce route, wouldn't you? And say, "Well, you know, we've got to be realistic. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't look very good this season, and 
the fans have got to realise we aren't a good team and stuff. You you would much rather have the positive spin and then deal with the consequences if that doesn't come come to the light, doesn't it? Wouldn't you? I think the Canio was actually dealt with it differently than I thought. I thought he was going to come in and start going, well, he's rubbish and he's rubbish and he's rubbish. He's not playing anymore. You know, from what Give you've heard, yeah, from, from what you've heard, from what you've heard, you know, you'd expect him to come in and you know. A derby, a derby defeat, a nasty yeah. derby defeat could bring that side well, out. I, I wouldn't be sure. surprised, and that would be interesting because we talked after the. Uh, well, that's what I'm QBR saying about game. the players' reaction, though, and that's what I'm saying. It got all changed. Well, that's their responsibility to produce on the day, and that's what he's trying to get out of mm-hmm. them. The short term is De Canio and Sunderland, and we all just want them to scramble enough points to exactly, yeah. get this to stay up, put the season to bed, and then. The inquest can come later. The inquest exactly. about his long-term capabilities as a manager. Yeah. You can imagine there'd be a, a, a huge amount of activity going on in the summer. Yeah, but which worries they, me as well. But again, it's not the it's not the time for a you know we we just like I say we just want to get the points yeah. out of the way and particularly this weekend out out the way. But how do we think we should line up? Now it's hard, as we were saying, as me and Gareth were saying, you know, when Takanio came last week, we couldn't really speak about it because it's. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit of a step into the unknown. All of us still, but Gardner's not going to play. We're going to assume he's going to play the four-four-one-one again. You would have thought. He I said he didn't. He doesn't want to change things instantly, and it's just going to be a case of somebody coming in for Gardner. Do you think? I, I don't think there'll be a lot of change. I think the back four, uh, providing they're all fit, will. Quill not come in. I, I don't think. Kil, you know, Kill Gallon's own goal was was very unfortunate and <laughs> wrong-footed five people at the same time, but. Yeah. He, he could have recovered really, quicker though when he, when he didn't, he didn't really do a lot. He didn't do a lot wrong, I didn't think. Oh, his distribution was all right, and we looked like we had a decent bit of balance. Um, mm. Rose picks himself. You know, Bardsey is a right back, and he's like, not going to drop Bardsey. No, he's so I think four, he's, yeah. I think the back four picks itself. Um, I I agree with Gareth. I think I think David Vaughan's the yeah. the obvious the logical the logical person to put in there. Or, but there's a case for Jack Colback as well. Mm-hmm. But it, They're both I, decent on the ball. Ball retention qualities, both players are fairly decent on the ball. Yeah. But I think Vaughan's a bit better in the tackle. Yeah. And, and he's got a bit more experience. Yeah, so Colback sometimes goes missing in the big games, doesn't he? I just think Colback doesn't move the ball quick enough. Yeah. He looks, you know, like that could have changed. But he didn't have him in, in the middle for a reason, obviously, at the weekend. Um, he obviously didn't fancy him for that, for that game when Gardner was fit, um, which is... Interesting, um, but you know, for Adam Vaughan, I just think he's a bit more positive on the ball. Um, but it's going to be tough in the middle anyway. I mean, and Die has to have a Wigan guy, Wigan level of performance game yeah. really in there to to really impose himself. It looked a bit yard off the pace to me, it Simon. Is. I thought um, on Sunday. That's not. I'm not going to criticise and die. My my opinion on die is is. You know, in in stark contrast to my opinion of De Canio, where I well worry about De Canio's long term future, I, I'm I'm confident and satisfied with his what he can have as a short term effect. Within Dai, it's very much the other way around. He's looked very raw at times. He was a yard off the pace on Sunday, but I think he'd be okay overall. But you know, we, we need we need performances now. Yeah, I think he's bought. I think the contrast between Newcastle's January business and Sunderland's, they, you know, Martin highlighted on the call earlier. They bought players that have come in and instantly had an impact on the team um, I think and die there's you can see there's a player in there just from yeah some of the runs he makes yeah. off the ball and um, he looks like know, he, he looks, taught as well Takanyo wants to teach them and he mm. looks like he, he's willing to learn doesn't he yeah. seems like an intelligent lad yeah. when he speaks yeah but you know 
I suppose we are where we are. We've got to uh, persevere with them because we haven't got anybody else we can yeah. bring in to replace well, them it, at the moment. It. So, so up, up front, I think we've all agreed. Um, I think the only three positions, like you say, is up for debate is the centre-half, the centre-midfielder, the centre-forward. So Simon's going with Kilgannon, Vaughan, and did you see a Wickham or Graham? I would start with Wickham again. I thought he, he was a good focal point. Um, you know, he's a he's a big lad. He runs the line quite well. He's pretty good to feet. Um, so I, I think I think he'll he'll go with Wickham again. Gareth, I'd do the same. Centre half, um, probably kill Gallon. Yeah, over um, Quiller. Yeah, um, just he's he's played, um, and he's you know fitter obviously because he's been available. Um, he has one thing you say about kill Gallon. He hasn't really been injured this season. Um, whereas. Bramble and Quayle are and whoever, you know. I mean, I've seen more pictures of Mangan than he's going to play minutes yeah, or something. That's not going to happen. It's not, three, not going to so. happen. I think we knew we knew weeks ago that wasn't yeah, going to happen. It's a funny one, that one, because it, 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 sort of the writing was on the wall there, I think, when Quayle's come in. Uh, sorry, uh, Decanio's come in and Quayle was out. He picks Kilgallen ahead of Mangan yeah. straight away. I'm um, inclined to agree with the team selection. Um, what I would say is... Danny Graham was an impact substitute for Swansea, and now be would you be tempted to sort of say to Conor Wickham, right, you're going to run yourself in the ground for an hour or so, like really give it all, and then put Danny Graham on and see if he can replicate that for us? Don't have a problem with that. It'll be um, okay, wouldn't it? I think. I don't know if I'd do that. Like, I, w- I don't know if I'd be saying to like Wickham or you. Well, you wouldn't you exactly maybe give him those directives to you see, know exactly. Maybe just say you know like you've got an hour otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you maybe just say to him you know. We've got Danny on the bench, but you're out. You know, uh-huh. don't. Not, I, don't didn't, I don't mean back. so much. You know, give yeah. those instructions to Connor yeah. as directives, but you'd have that in your head. I mean, yeah. and say to Connor, right, I want you to give me absolutely everything. Yeah. Here. I think the interesting thing for me behind Wickham is you've got, you've got Sessignon, Johnson, and Larson, and Larson can play either wing. I reckon Sessignon could play either wing and mm. in the hole, and I reckon, and Johnson can probably play all three positions as well. So if yeah. it's not. Don't get Gareth started on Johnson in the hall. If it's not we're, moving, we're moving away from <laughs> All that. Right. <laughs> but we can we can be flexible and sort of fluid around that when we're on the attack. I thought uh, Johnson had a good game at the weekend, he actually. Did. And uh, I think Decanio's put the fear of God in, mm, fear of God into him. He was, hard, he was certainly half a yard he, sharp. He just received the ball. Yeah. Twenty twenty five yards further up the pitch, Which and, is, he, yeah. and he, you know, he got the ball. And Bardsley went past him on the mm. overlap, and that—that's the first time I've seen yeah. anybody go past him on the overlap <laughs> yeah. all season. Exactly. Yeah, you're just screaming sometimes, aren't you? When he's got the ball, you get outside him, get outside him, and nobody ever does. Well, everyone just gets him and says, "Oh, he's got the ball, and he's yeah. tricky." So just go and beat them yeah. all by yourself. But even if he beat the three men, he's got one to hit in the box. So mm. it's—it's it's just you know. But that was then. This is now, I guess. But um, just sort of go back to something where you mentioned about the comparisons of Newcastle's transfer business and Sunderland's transfer business. And then dies obviously one who gets hit with this stick. Um, just feel a bit sorry for him in a way because always people, oh well, Sissoko only cost two million, and die cost three. But you know people don't understand that Sissoko has been trapped by Newcastle for two years. Oh, of course, yes. And it was two years they were trying to get him. We, we was out of contract we, as well in the we, summer. We, and we, that's yeah, we were in, I believe I've I've been told you know that we were in touch with him anyway and he didn't fancy it. So we'll not go down that road. It's not on Dai's fault that no. he's he's you know he's been bought and we we wanted quality now present tense rather than you know potential but 
at the end of the day, you know, we're just going to have to see how it goes, aren't we? We haven't got much choice. We, mm. We've got what we've got. But <laughs> he, does, he does the difficult things well and some of the simple things. Yeah, and that'll, he, that'll come, you know. Yeah. He looks that'll okay. Come. He'd be a good championship player. Just a, <laughs> it's just a ju- so his judgment, isn't it? It's reading the game sometimes. He, he That's where he, he falters, I think, in games. But mm-hmm. we always seem to talk about Undai, don't we? Every week yes, it comes back to Undai. Maybe he's the key. Maybe he'll, you know, last day of the season, Tottenham away. Sunday will be better stage to do it. It would be. <laughs> That's what we'll go for. And die one nil. Ninety first minute top corner. I fancy. Yards. Honestly, fancy Danny Graham any time. I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love gonna, to see him get a goal. We're going to wrap it up now because we've run out of time again. So we'll get a quick prediction from everybody. Um, I don't think anybody dares going to say it. we're going to lose anyway, even if we do think <laughs> that, because we're going to try and go out in a positive. We've got a little little compilation that Gareth made up to end the show on as well. Um, which you might find interesting, you know, sort of commentary clips from former glories, which, you know, aren't too often. Um, so, Gareth, prediction? My head says a draw. My heart says 2-1 to Sunderland. Sunderland. Danny Graham, <laughs> we'll get a goal. Simon? It's slightly off. He's just read my line there. <laughs> <laughs> I think score draw. I don't think either. You know, one one um, is probably what I realistically think it'll be. I would. Uh, I'd, I'd love it to be. You know, two or three nil. But we'll just have to wait and see. You've got to be like four nil up in our time. Then Martin can go for the second half, can't he? I'm relying on Newcastle being very tired. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be. Yeah, I'll yeah. be. I'll be the bold, brave one, and I'll go for an away win. I think it's got one one written all over it, and that's me being as optimistic as I can possibly be so oh, we we'll can, do it we'll do it and stay up we we're going to win at the believe, weekend if we win at the people. weekend we've got a great chance of staying up I think we I think if we win at the weekend you know we kick on Stoke you might only have to beat Stoke to stay up you know right. if we win at the weekend just Stoke we've got Man U at the weekend and if they lose we're level on points and that it's going to be tough it's going to be tough for them I just think a win against Stoke at home and the result of the weekend 37 points you know, you might be able to stay up with 38. Just think, Stoke, that would be such a blow to them to get sucked into it, and then know that they've got us away from home, and their away home, that their away record in the Premier League historically is dreadful. So I just think, I just find if we can win the game, beat Stoke, we'll stay up, qualify for Europe next season, win the European Cup the following season. <laughs> right. So we're going out to the show, <laughs> as always. Relying on other teams to be crapper than what we are. <laughs> that's 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 the philosophy. That's the Sunderland way, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Well, we would, but we can't help it. We're just gonna have to stick with it. So you might find this interesting to get you in the mood for Derby Day. This is goodbye from us. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, we're not going to be too down, and we've getting some sort of decent result. But you'll enjoy this. This will get you in the mood. Over and out. And the chance for Raul, and he's got it. Sunderland marking is so good, it's not impossible for the Newcastle first to get away from their shadows, and now here's Raul bursting through. And there's another beauty from Gary Raul. Gary Raul has scored both goals in the first half, also missed a simple chance in the first half. Now gets a wonderful chance to get his hatchet from the penalty spot. Use your whistling we could do without. And Raul has made it 3-1. It's a beauty from Raul, and there's the fourth goal. What a magnificent piece of work by Gary Raul. And Gary Raul takes all the credit. Chance here for Gates, and Gates has scored! Eric Gates shoots Sunderland into the lead, and that's a very important goal indeed. 
the Sunderland fans rejoice and they finish with a goal so it's Newcastle United nil Sunderland one Gabardini a chance here for him to sew it up and he's done that five minutes left for play the Gates Gabardini combination works and Sunderland are surely on their way to Wembley well the uh, fans storming on they'll hold up proceedings but there's no way they can change the scoreline it's Newcastle United nil, Sunderland 2 and Sunderland have come away with it and Phillips is in the centre and there's danger here for Sunderland oh and a block by Tommy Wright Phillips again and Sunderland has scored it's 2-1 Elliot. Stephen Elliott's got a shooting chance. Oh, that's terrific! A brilliant goal from Stephen Elliott. Sunderland twice behind and very quickly twice level. Stephen Elliott. And a good run here from Steve Malbron. Cisse! Jibril Cisse! His first blood to Sunderland. Just look what it means. Richardson takes it all. Oh! A goal from the heavens for Kieran Richardson. He did not for power. Watch that ball move. She given his absolutely no chance. Here he comes. Oh, Shearer is foiled by a superb save from Sorensen. Phillips will have to turn provider here. But he might do just that. And Quinn goes to ground, but it's turned in by Hutchison. And now Michael Gray could be in for Sunderland. It's end-to-end -end stuff. Gray's cross is a cracker for Quinn. He's done it. He has done it. Niall Quinn. Sunderland have turned it round. Anton Deck. Sting. Alan Shearer. <laughs> Final score oh. here at St James's Park. Newcastle United 1, Sunderland 2. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.